The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark, but Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia, and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement, so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. And then we'll, we'll jump into Second Timothy. Chapter 4, verse 11. And it says, Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring, bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your words. This day specifically, I personally will say, huh? But Father, we come before you humbly asking for wisdom, asking that you would open our hearts and our minds as we receive your words and see what you're trying to tell us, God. Thank you for this church. Thank you for Randall. Father, we ask that you use him um, to relay your message to us, Lord. Thank you for your love and your grace. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, A. All right, well, good morning. All right, so um, just to follow up, Billy was talking about Easter in a few weeks, and uh, Easter is one of those opportunities to invite friends, and, and people are just more open to coming to church on that day. And so my encouragement to you is this. We're gonna do the 9 and 11 services that day, but uh, there's this statistic. It says 63% of Americans say that a personal invitation from a friend or neighbor would be very or somewhat effective in getting them to visit a church. All right, and so there are some people in your life that God has placed in your life that he says, okay, well, maybe just a personal invitation, they'd be open to coming and hearing about who Jesus is. So that day, we'll have a 9 and 11 service. I'm looking forward to it and just seeing what God's gonna do, but that's just an opportunity that's out there for us coming up really soon, uh, Easter, April 1st. All right, so... We're in this series called Surviving Loneliness. And last week I talked about relationships. I talked about friendship and, and really what that looks like. And, and today uh, we're looking at a, a text in Acts 15 that might surprise us. We're looking at it and we, we say, wow, there's a disagreement that happens. There's a conflict that arises. I, I thought this was the Bible. I thought everybody gets along. I thought everything was just great. But we find that there's a, there's a conflict that arises. And what we find that happens through it is this, that there is lasting friendships. Even though there's disagreements, even though there's conflict that arises, there's lasting friendships that go through the conflict and work through it. 
And so what, what does it mean to be a friend? Proverbs 17, 17 says this. It says, a friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for a time of adversity. You see, the Bible doesn't give this unrealistic picture of friendship. But says that true friendship is born through times of adversity. See, there will be difficult moments in life when we look at what friendship is and and how we build friendships in our life. But in the midst of the difficulty, this is where we find those lasting friendships, working through it together. See, in our culture, friendships, and and let's just say relationships, are constantly imploding, exploding, going sideways. You see, we have whole news outlets dedicated to reporting every gruesome detail of the breakups, don't we? All of them. See, there are no perfect relationships without difficulty, without conflict, without disagreement. Even the best friendships, relationships have it. But what does it look like to have a friendship that works through the adversity? And so today, we're going to get a firsthand look at Acts 15, 36 through 41, and how Paul and Barnabas worked through it together as friends. You see, in this series, we've discussed the reality that our world has changed. We've whittled down friendship to followers and likes. And this is having major side effects. Because what God intended is that we would have friendship, relationships that worked well face-to-face. Face-to-face. The Harvard Business Review discovered recently that something as simple as a face-to-face request is 34 times more successful than an email. See, we, we can't get away from the fact that we live in a digital world. But what we must remember is that we desperately need face-to-face interactions with people. Let me ask this. How many times has a conflict in friendship or relationships arisen through a digital miscommunication? Through a text message? Maybe through an email? Miscommunication happens. In 2009, Jody Bruner wrote an article about this, and and here's what she said. She says, email doesn't convey context. We appreciate, or we experience email as words on a screen, but we miss seeing a unique face in a unique context. One report on this study concludes, this makes it easy to forget the humanness of our recipient. Consequently, email style tends to be more serious and less friendly, more aggressive and less polite. See, the truth is we need friendships and relationships like our ancestors had. Like our ancestors had before digital technology. 
Eugene Peterson, when commenting on the friendship between David and Jonathan in the Old Testament, if you don't know about that friendship, you should look it up. But he says this. He says, Jonathan's covenant friendship with David brackets Saul's repeated attempts to kill David. David had someone, Saul, who was Jonathan's father, who was trying to kill him. He said, Jonathan's Jonathan lives out his covenantal friendship in hard circumstances. Many a covenantal friendship is lived out similarly in Saul's court, in marital, family, work, and cultural conditions that are hostile to avowed intimacy. See, we all go through difficult moments in life. We all go through trials. And we need lasting relationships through those difficult moments. And Peterson makes the point that David would not have survived the attacks of Saul without Jonathan's lasting friendship. He says that friendship bracketed him and helped him through the trials. And so what do true friendships look like, even when there's conflict? Well, again, our text is Acts 15, 36 through 41, and in 2 Timothy 4.11, and I'll explain why we have that later, but here's the background. Paul and Barnabas started a friendship all the way back in Acts 9, 26 through 30. It happened when Barnabas stood up for Paul when no one else would. See, Paul had gone from a persecutor of the church to seeing the risen Jesus and becoming a Christian. See, Paul was known for persecuting the church, and so people were in fear of him. But Barnabas set aside Paul's past, showed him grace, and said, give this guy a chance. And this friendship, to this point in Acts 15, had lasted over 15 years. And so now, in the middle of this friendship, we find this guy, John Mark. Now, who is John Mark? Well, in Acts 12, 25, we learn that Barnabas and Saul brought John Mark back to Antioch with them from Jerusalem. Colossians 4.10 tells us that John Mark is Barnabas's cousin. And so there's family relationship here. And so what's this disagreement about? Well, in Acts 13, 2, Barnabas and Saul decided to take John Mark along as an assistant. This is in Acts 13.5. But something happened after the team left Cyprus. Luke only mentions it in one sentence in Acts 13.13. Now Paul and his company set sail from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia. And John, same guy, John Mark, left them and returned to Jerusalem. So now let's fast forward to Acts 15. These two longtime friends have this sharp disagreement about John Mark's involvement. Now from the outside, we would have to say that this could have the potential to destroy a solid friendship, right? If not handled in a healthy, Christ-centered way, this could be explosive, It's not only friendship, but there's family involved in the middle of it. And so the question is, how do 
friendships last through difficult conflict. Well, let me point out three signs from the text that we, we see today. And so here's all three. The first one is open communication. The second is helpful resolution. And the third is God's plan. Open communication, helpful resolution, God's plan. And so let's start out with the open communication, verses 37 through the first part of 39. Now Barnabas wanted to take with him John called Mark. But Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Now, as we talk about open communication, especially when it comes to friendships and relationships, what does that look like? Well, in verse 37, it says that Barnabas wanted. So he he wanted for John Mark to come with them. Verse 38 says that Paul thought best. Open communication starts with being able to honestly share your opinion. Both of them had an opinion and held onto their opinions pretty strongly. So much so that it says in verse 39 that Paul and Barnabas had a sharp disagreement on this. They weren't on the same page. Now, in the Greek, this carries the idea of sharp irritation or sharp disagreement as irritation. They irritated one another with their opinions. Can friends irritate each other because of their opinions? Yes. See, but here's the thing this is how you know you're in a real relationship. When somebody is able to openly, honestly express how they feel. This wasn't one-sided, but this was both ways to the point where they shared what they thought. Commentator Tony Morita says, they were men, not angels. Flawed humans. Even these mighty missionaries will sometimes face moments of contention. See, Paul is basing his opinion on a past experience with John Mark. Barnabas is basing his opinion off of his belief in God's transforming grace in people, specifically in the life of his own cousin. See, Barnabas was known as the son of encouragement. This is the guy that you want around to really help you and boost your ego. Like, this guy's for you. He loves you. And so he's looking at his family members saying, I believe in this guy. Paul, what's the deal? Kent Hughes says, our judgment goes with Paul, but our hearts go with Barnabas. See, it's not clear cut. It's a personal topic too. See, Paul and Barnabas were close enough that they could have an honest conversation. 
Now, it doesn't say in the text whether or not John Mark is standing there, which would have been a little awkward. (laughs) But they were able to have this conversation so that we could read about it today and that it was known, that there was a disagreement. See, they were able to have honest conversation even if it stirred up emotions. In healthy friendships and relationships, both parties are able to have an opinion on a subject without being manipulated or bullied into changing their mind. You see, this wasn't a right or wrong issue. It was actually pretty gray. And ultimately, both of them didn't use this as an opportunity to selfishly pout and fight to prove their point. See, this isn't the, um, you're not my friend anymore, unfriend, unfollow. See, isn't that what happens most of the time when we get into those conflicts? It's, it's how can I get out as soon as possible? Instead of engaging face-to-face, See, it, it does say that they, it got so emotional that they had to separate from each other. Now, why does it say that they had to separate from each other? Because these guys had been on mission for years together. They'd been together for a long time, working together on mission. And it got to the point where they had to say, okay, I think this, that part, that season is over. but they didn't pout about it. See, they separated because sometimes you need to reflect, get with God, and remember the big picture. This was a personal issue, but in the end, they didn't take it personally. Now, how happens if you take it personally? It's just like, ah, you know? You can't see it. James 4.1 says, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? He's saying a lot of the times we we can't get away from the issue because we're, we're so invested because it's about us. It's about me. See, many times open communication with selfish motives can result in a sinful response. And so what happens next between these two friends? A helpful resolution. Look at the second part of verse 39 into 41. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed having been commanded by the bro- or commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. See, this was an intense personal matter. But in the end, it didn't ruin their friendship and stop them from the mission of God. Later in 1 Corinthians 9, 6, Paul mentions himself together with Barnabas. 
In this text, they worked out a helpful resolution. See, they went from this open communication to a helpful resolution. This turned an obstacle into an opportunity to reach more people with the gospel. One mission trip turned into two mission trips. Barnabas was able to go with John Mark to visit the churches in Cyprus. And here's the thing. Those churches had not been visited yet. And so he was able to go back on the journey and go and visit them with John Mark. Now, Paul was able to go with Silas to strengthen the churches in Syria and Cilicia. And in the long run, he was able to raise up another leader in Silas. About this, Daryl Brock writes, what resulted was a solution that allowed the advance of the gospel to continue, but recognized a need for distinct ministries. Sometimes this is the best solution. And so what happens here is that these two men didn't let the conflict stop them from what God called them to. But they worked through it together and found a reasonable solution. See, why many times do we not get to a healthy resolution like this? Because like I said earlier, we want our way, don't we? We want our way. In an article entitled, Why Famous Friends Fell Out, Janae Luciana writes this. From friends to frenemies, it happens oh so often in Hollywood and in real life. But for A-Lester's, perhaps the pressures of high-profile careers are just enough to strain a relationship to the breaking point. Outside pressures aside, when friends become enemies, experts say it could be their own egos at fault. According to New York-based marriage and family therapist Dr. Paul Hochemeyer, celebrities need attention and external validation to feed their insatiable narcissism. Their narcissism, in turn, consumes them with self-obsession, qualities that destroy relationships and provoke hostility from others. When two narcissistic celebrities enter into a relationship with one another, the results are toxic and explosive. Here's the thing. It's not just celebrities that have this happen. It's us too, right? See, we all personally struggle with sin. And what it does is it causes rifts. And at the root of sin is that middle letter, I. It's I. It's about me. You want to know if it's sin or not? Check and see who it's about. And usually it ends up being about me. It's the ego. See, but what was the foundation for Paul and Barnabas's friendship? It was Jesus. It wasn't ultimately about them. Ultimately, they, they didn't allow self to get in the way of God's work and their friendship, but instead leaned into God's grace. They leaned into God's grace. Look at verse 40. It says that 
they, having been commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. They're put into the hands of God. They're commended to the grace of God. What is the grace of God? It is the undeserved love and favor of God on our lives. It's God working things out on our behalf when we could have, couldn't have done it because we would have been too selfish to do it. Yet God works those things out in us. I remember my wife saying this, and I'll quote her on it. She says, a healthy working relationship is a sign of God's grace. It is, isn't it? I mean, when things are going well, you're like, wow, God is so good. Because <laughs> there are so many pitfalls and potential arguments that just could start, but being able to learn to forgive, to say sorry, to say, hey, I was wrong on that, actually. That's God's grace in a relationship. Together, Paul and Barnabas held on to God's grace, not on to trying to convince each other who was right and who was wrong. They would have still been arguing. And look at what happens when they let that go. It's the last point, God's plan. Now we're gonna fast forward to 2 Timothy 4.11. Here's what it says. Luke alone is with me. Here's the thing about Luke. Luke wrote the book of Luke and he wrote Acts, which we're reading today. So that same Luke is with Paul. He says, get Mark and bring him with you for he is very useful to me for ministry. Hold on, who's this Mark he's talking about? Same Mark that him and Barnabas were arguing over. That's John Mark. And now we see that the Apostle Paul, he's seen that God had a bigger plan. See, 2 Timothy was the last book written before Paul died. This was Paul at the end of his life. And through the miraculous work of God, reconciliation happened between Paul and John Mark. You see, there was that moment, that time, when John Mark left the work, he bailed on him. But Paul doesn't seem to hold that over his head. Later in life, he's learned more and more about how God's grace works and God's plan is much bigger. See, a lot of the times we look back at friendships and we say, you, I, I remember that time when they wronged me. I can never let it go. I can never let it go. I could never forgive them for that. But yet when God's grace is working in our lives, we're able to move forward and see that maybe God had a bigger plan even through our disagreements. See, God had a much bigger plan than Barnabas or Paul could have ever seen at the time of their disagreement. God, in his sovereign plan, transformed John Mark into a solid minister of the gospel. In the end, it was God who held them together through the conflict. What brought that friendship to the end, grace. John Piper about this says this. He says, was it Paul's 
tough rebuke or Barnabas' tender patience that saved Mark for the cause of the gospel? Or could it have been both? In any case, the Lord brought victory out of contention. And Mark not only became useful to Paul, but also served as Peter's interpreter and wrote our second gospel, the gospel according to Mark. Here's the thing about grace. It never gives up. It's so, it, grace is so big that it's able to cover a multitude of sins. And what happens when God injects that into our relationships? It changes people. It changes people. And so just some takeaways for lasting friendships. Okay, lasting friendships. They need this. They need, number one, reality checks. Reality checks. Can you have open communication in a healthy way? You've got to ask this question. And I want to say an aside on this. A healthy relationship is not an abusive relationship. You want to know what an abusive relationship is? It's when somebody tries to control and manipulate your thoughts. You don't have an opinion. You can't have an opinion. And that, what that is, that's not a relationship. That's not a relationship. That's a controlling person. A relationship is being able to honestly open up, be vulnerable, to take your guard down. Be honest. It doesn't have this agenda with strings attached. Right? Like you've probably been in relationships before where it's like, oh, you didn't want the relationship. You wanted something else. Again, you need to have reality checks in this because it's not really friendship when that's on the table. See, friendship, what it is, it's it's loving at all times, like the Bible says. No strings attached. And how do we do that? God teaches us how to do this. Okay, but he reveals some things that helps us to know, oh, wow, that's, that's what this is. And it can hurt sometimes, but we need those reality checks. The second point is grace throughout. Here's the thing. We all need it. We all need grace in relationships See, one of the kindest things that you can do is offer a person the benefit of the doubt. There's always going to be gaps in relationships that happen. And so when God starts to transform our lives, here's the thing. What do we fill the gaps with? I haven't heard from that person in a while. I haven't seen them. Where are they at? I thought they were my friend. They didn't respond to my text in 20 seconds, and I just sent it. Goodness. I guess I can't really be their friend. See, what do we fill those gaps with? Do we fill it with, like, this suspicious, quick-to-judge type of thing? Or do we fill it with grace? Say, well, maybe they're doing something. Maybe they're busy. Maybe something's happening. Maybe they're, you know, like, wow, okay. 
What do we fill those moments with? We learn to fill it with grace because that's what God has done for us, isn't it? He's filled the greatest gaps that we have in our sin and our pride and all those things and filled it with his grace and his love towards us. And so what would that look like if that was injected into our relationships? The third part is, the third takeaway is hard work. Yeah, I said it, hard work. Work through the relationship. If this is a relationship that you say, man, this is, this is worth it. I just uh, watched a, a movie recently uh, called Wonder. And if you haven't seen the movie yet, I would encourage you to do it. But it's about this boy who has a facial deformity. And he's trying to learn what it looks like to go to school for the first time as he's going into middle school. Been homeschooled his whole life and he's going into middle school. And here's the thing. He was misunderstood in so many ways. It's heartbreaking watching this movie. But what we find is like this resilience to keep showing up, to keep working hard at relationships, even as difficult as it was. And, and, and so here's the thing we have. We've got God. And he can help us to continue to put ourselves out there, even though it's hard, even though there's been hurts and pains in the past. Because the last point is this, that there's God's plan. It's not only the point, but it's the takeaway that I want you to walk away with. C.S. Lewis paints this captivating picture of God's plan in friendship. Here's what he says. He says, in friendship, we think we have chosen our peers. In reality, a few years difference in the dates of our births, a few more miles between certain houses, the choice of one university instead of another, the accident of a topic being raised or not raised at a first meeting. Any of these chances might have kept us apart. But for a Christian, there are, strictly speaking, no no chances. Listen to this. A secret master of ceremonies has been at work. Christ, who said to the disciples, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you can truly say to every group of Christian friends, ye have not chosen one another, but I have chosen you for one another. The friendship is the instrument by which God reveals to each of us the beauties of others. Could you imagine that there is a master of ceremonies working things out in ways that you can't see right now? And that God's plan is much bigger. Remember Proverbs 17, 17, when it talks about friendship, it says, a friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for a time of adversity. Now, in this series, I hope you don't walk away and think this. Hmm. I can do this. 
I, I can be the best friend ever. All I need to be a good friend is follow all of Randall's points here. Let's see. Now, my hope is that you walk away and think, that's a lot. I can't do this. This is too hard to, to be a, a real friend, a true friend. I don't have it in me. I need a savior. I need a greater friend to teach me how to be this type of friend. See, ultimately, where do we find this type of friend? One who loves at all times and born for a time of adversity? We find it in Jesus Christ. We find it in Jesus. You see, he was the friend that loved at all times, even when we were unlovely. Even when it says that we were enemies, even says that we were rebelling against him, he loved at all times. You know what the Bible says? It says, we didn't love him first, he loved us first. He loved us first, even in our mess. See, he's the brother who faced adversity so that we ultimately didn't have to. What's the adversity? Our sin. Punishments. God having to answer to him for all that we've done. Who did that for us? None other than Jesus Christ on the cross. What happened to him? It was God's judgment poured out on him that I deserved. He says, I call you friends now. I'm willing to do that for you because a friend lays down his life for his friends. He's the enduring friend that all of us need so that we can become the picture of an enduring friend in other people's lives. It's his grace. It's his power. It's his strength. It's him transforming us to become more and more like Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you're the master of ceremonies. Thank you that you're working things out in a way that is a lot bigger than we can see. And I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to discern what you're doing. There are friendships right now in our life that we're calling friendships but really aren't friendships. Pierce us to the heart, Lord. Help us to see. And I pray, Lord, that you'll give us the grace to move forward in knowing what it means to be a real friend in the midst of all the confusion in our world. A lot of people are looking for that. So help us to see the greatest friend that we could ever have, Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.